Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. This will be a mini-pod to preview the match against Empoli on Saturday. Hopefully you get a chance to listen to it before the match. I am cutting it very close recording this just hours before the match. But if not, then hopefully you can tell me how I did after the match. So let's get right into it. Empoli come into this match sitting quite comfortably in the middle of the table. They're currently 12th in the table on 28 points, but they've hit a bit of a rough patch of form. They're winless in their last four matches. Since their shock 1-0 victory over Inter, they have three draws and one loss. The loss was to Roma, which is understandable, while the draws were to Torino, Spezia, and Fiorentina. That's basically been Empoli's season in a nutshell, which has been very average and in a way, very predictable. They tend to lose to the big teams, draw against the middle of the table teams, and beat the bottom teams. Other than a first round loss to Spezia, they have six losses and they were all against teams that you would expect them to lose to. Roma twice, Milan, Juventus, Atalanta, and of course Napoli. On the flip side, other than that win over Inted, they have five wins and they were all against teams that you would expect them to beat. Bologna, Monza, Sassuolo, Cremonese, and Sampdoria statistically, Empoli should probably consider themselves lucky that they're in the position they're in. They've scored only 22 goals on the season, which is right on pace with their XG of 22.6. That is fifth worst in the league in both of those categories. They've conceded 29 goals, which is in the middle of the table, 
but their XGA or their expected goals allowed is 36.1, which is fourth worst in the league. In other words, they've conceded seven fewer goals than they probably should have. I think I know the reason for that, and I suspect some of you do as well, but I will come back to that when I get to my three keys to the match. Now, I must say, despite what happened last season, I do have a bit of a soft spot for Empoli for two reasons. First, I think they are a very well-run club. They operate on a similar model as Napoli, but perhaps on a lower level and on a smaller scale. Napoli tends to sign relative unknowns in the 10 to 25 million euro range. We develop those players into stars, compete regularly for a top four position, and in recent years compete for the Scudetto, and then we sell those players for massive profits. Empoli signed complete unknowns, as opposed to relatively unknowns, in the 0 to 5 million euro range. They occasionally spend in the 5 to 10 million euro range, but not often. Then they develop those players either through the Primavera for the youngsters or through the senior team. They have consistently played in Serie A, always finishing somewhere in the middle of the table or just above the relegation zone. And then they also flip those players for relatively big profits. I don't know if transfer marked is accurate, but according to them, Empoli paid only a thousand euros to Sassuolo for Filippo Bandinelli. They got Fabiano Parisi from Avellino for 450,000 euros, and they got Nadim Bayrami from Grasshoppers for 500,000 euros. That just gives you a sense of the quality of their scouting. I've compared them to Napoli, but they're actually run very similar to Atalanta in the sense that they always have a ton of players out on loan, although that may have to change with some potential rule changes that are coming with respect to loaning of players. But if you go look at their squad over the years, you'll see that so many big-name players today have gone through Empoli at some point in their career, including Ivan Provedel, now at Lazio, Davide Fratesi, now at Sassuolo, Ishmael Benacer, of course, now at Milan, Hamid Junior Traore, who just transferred out of Sassuolo, and Federico Di Marco, who is at Inter. They're quite good at identifying goalkeepers as well. Pietro Terracciano, Bartolome Drongowski, and Lukas Skorupski have all gone through Empoli at some point. The second reason I like Empoli is because Napoli seem to have a very good relationship with them. Of course, we bought Giovanni Di Lorenzo from them in 2019. We paid only 8 million euros for him, which seems like an absolute steal now for a guy who has turned out to be our captain and the Italian national team's right back. But that was still a healthy profit for Empoli. They only paid 600,000 euros to buy Di Lorenzo from Matra in 2017. Last summer, we loaned Sebastiano Luperto to Empoli with an obligation to buy. He seems to be quite happy there. He starts just about every match, whereas he simply wasn't good enough to feature regularly for Napoli. Going back a little bit further, we sold Omar El Kaduri to Empoli in the winter of 2017. The summer prior to that, we bought Lorenzo Tonelli from Empoli for 10 million euros, which didn't turn out to be one of our best decisions. After not playing a whole lot for Napoli, Tonelli went to Sampdoria before he eventually returned to Empoli. Sadly, he's been struggling to recover from an ACL injury. He's been out for nearly a year now after a couple of setbacks. In 2015, we purchased Mirko Valdifiori and Elsid Hisai from Empoli for 5.5 and 5 million euros respectively. Now, regardless of how you feel about those two players, for how much we paid, I think we got very good value on those purchases. And then there are guys who weren't necessarily purchased directly from Empoli, 
but did pass through the club. Between the loan and transfer fees, Mario Rui was purchased by Roma for 9.5 million euros, which is exactly what we then paid to Roma a season or two later. And Piotr Zielinski spent the 2014-15 season on loan at Empoli from Udinese. Two seasons later, we purchased Zilu from Udinese for 16 million euros. Finally, we've had a couple of coaches who have gone through Empoli as well. Of course, Maurizio Sarri joined Napoli after spending three seasons in charge at Empoli. And Luciano Spalletti spent his professional coaching career, and I think his playing career a little bit, with Empoli nearly 20 years ago now. Starting with the youth team before graduating to their senior team, Spalletti is Tuscan so it makes sense that he would start at Empoli. Sadi was born in Napoli but between his father being Tuscan and then working as a banker in Toscana and of course coaching at Empoli, he spent a fair bit of time there as well. So that's a bit of the recent history between these two clubs. Next, let's take a look at our predicted starting lineups. Paolo Zanetti typically lines up in a 4-3-2-1 formation or a 4-3-1-2 formation with Guglielmo Vicario in goal. Sebastiano Luperto and Ardian Ismaili are the likely starters at center back. Fabiano Parisi is back in the squad after missing the Fiorentina match due to a red card suspension. Fabiano Parisi is back in the squad after missing the Fiorentina match due to a red card suspension. I suspect he will start over Liberato Cacaccia at left back. Meanwhile, Tyrone Ebuehi is the preferred option at right back. We will definitely see a couple of changes in Empoli's midfield three as both Jean-Daniel Akpa-Akpro and Filippo Bandinelli are suspended due to yellow card accumulation. Zanetti suggested in his pre-match conference that we could see Nicolas Haas play so I have Razvan Marin starting in the center of the midfield with Haas to his left and Liam Henderson to his right. With Nicolo Cambiaghi picking up a thigh injury, I think we are going to see Zanetti use the 4-3-1-2 rather than the 4-3-2-1 with the expectation that at least one of those two strikers, if not both of them, will drop to help defend. I'm expecting to see Tommaso Baldanzi play as the trequartista. Finally, Mattia Destro has been out for about three months with a calf injury, so I think we'll see a front two of Francesco Caputo and Martin Satriano. For Napoli, I'm expecting to see some rotation from Luciano Spalletti, but as always, he will line up in his 4-3-3 formation with Alex Meret in goal. I have Kim Min-Jae starting alongside Amir Rachmani at centre-back, but we could well see Juan Jesus start in Kim's place. Kim is one yellow card away from a suspension for yellow card accumulation, and after Ampoli, we play against Lazio and then against Atalanta. Kim's been on a yellow for a while, but because of our schedule, it made sense to keep playing him. Before Empoli, our last three matches were against Spezia, Cremonese, and Sassuolo, so we wouldn't have minded if he picked up another yellow card and missed one of those matches. If it were up to me, I would have actually instructed him to intentionally take a yellow card in one of those matches to guarantee that we have him for both the Lazio and Atalanta matches. At fullback, I think we'll see Mario Rui return to the starting 11 after Matthias Oliveira played two matches in five days. Giovanni Di Lorenzo will start at right back. Spalletti said in his pre-match conference that there are three to four irreplaceable players on this team, implying that those guys need to play a little bit more than everyone else, and Di Lorenzo is certainly one of them. Another one of those players is a guy who Vincenzo and I had much praise for on our last episode and really throughout the season, and that is Stanislav Lobotka. 
As much as I would like to see him get a rest, I am not expecting it. Likewise, I think we'll see Piotr Zielinski and Andrei Frank Zambuangisa on either side of Lobotka. Zielinski rested for the Sassuolo match, so I think he can easily play two matches in five days. For Ngisa, like Lobotka, it would be his third match in nine days. I would love to see Tanguy Ndombele get a start in his place, but Spalletti seems quite confident in Ngisa's conditioning, and he tends to play him week in, week out. Now, I have an entirely different front three compared to who we started in the Frankfurt match, but I must admit I am not terribly confident in this prediction, especially after seeing some of the comments after I posted my predicted starting 11s. I have Elif Elmas starting over Kvica Kvaraschelia, Matteo Politano starting over Chucky Lozano, and Giovanni Simeone starting over Victor Osimen. Now, as Vincenzo said last episode, Cavara and Osimen are both young, so their bodies are more durable than perhaps some of the other players on the team. And as Art Morelli commented on the lineup, Victor is chasing the record for most consecutive matches with a goal scored. Gabriel Batistuta set that record for Fiorentina in the 1994-95 campaign, scoring in each of their first 11 matches that season. He actually scored 13 goals in those 11 matches. Fabio Cagliarella tied the record, scoring in 11 consecutive matches for Sampdoria in the 2018-19 season. Qualia scored 14 goals over that run, but he was on the bench for the Roma match, so you may or may not want to put an asterisk next to that one. And then the following season, Cristiano Ronaldo tied the record as well. He scored 16 goals in 11 matches for Juventus, but like Qualiarella, Ronaldo missed a match against Brescia during that run. So Batistuta remains the only player to do it in 11 consecutive league matches rather than in 11 consecutive matches played. It's also worth noting that all three of those players scored goals from the penalty spot, while Victor has scored all of his goals so far from open play. Batistuta scored five goals from the spot during his run, Qualiarella scored four goals from the spot and one from a penalty rebound during his run, and Ronaldo also scored five goals from the spot during his run. So that does seem to be a pretty good reason to play Osimen. Now, I'm not even terribly confident in my Politano prediction. On one hand, it makes sense because like at left back, we have two players of similar quality and they've both started quite often. On the other hand, Lozano is enjoying his best run of form of the season and Spalletti may want to ride that wave. So with that, let's get to our three keys to the match. My first key to the match is to score early and often. If I'm right about Kim, Lobotka, and Angisa starting, and worse yet, if I'm wrong about Kavada and Osimen not starting, then we'll want to jump out to an early lead so we can replace those players about midway through the second half. In Kim's case, the longer we leave him in, the greater the risk he picks up that fifth yellow card and misses the match against Lazio. In Lobotka and Angisa's case, the longer we leave them in, the greater the risk they pick up an injury. You might even include Osiman in that list, given the intensity that he plays with and the fact that he nearly suffered a muscle injury against Sassuolo. It would also be a good opportunity to give guys like Juan Jesus, Tangi Ndombele, Eli Felmas, and maybe even Diego Demme an opportunity to play. Because the Empoli match is on a Saturday and the Lazio match is on a Sunday, We'll have 8 days of rest between the two matches, so that will basically reset the clock. 
Spalletti pointed out that even when we play matches on short rest, he still gives the players either a full day of rest or a day of working only in the gym to allow their bodies to recover more quickly, even if that means foregoing a day of training on the pitch. My second key to the match is that we'll have to be accurate and clinical with our finishing. I mentioned earlier that Empley are somewhat fortunate to be 12th in the table because they're outperforming their expected goals allowed by 7. That may not be entirely due to luck. It's difficult to find advanced metrics on goalkeepers. I think StatsBomb tracks things like goals saved above average, but I suspect a big reason for that difference between actual goals allowed and expected goals allowed is Guglielmo Vicario. He has been one of, if not the best goalkeeper in Serie A this season. In all likelihood, he will be one of the next players that Empoli cash in on. There is certainly no shortage of interest in him, including from Napoli, though I suspect Napoli would only purchase Vicario if we also intended to sell Alex Meret. Believe it or not, Meret is actually a year younger than Vicario. That might be surprising because Meret broke through at such a young age, particularly for a goalkeeper. It's not uncommon for goalkeepers to find their best form in their mid-twenties, and maybe that is what is actually happening with Meret now, and that is certainly what happened with Vicario. Vicario will certainly be up against it, though, with Napoli coming to town. I mentioned that Empoli have the fourth-worst XGA in the league. Napoli have the best XG in the league at 43.6, and we have been very clinical this season. That's confirmed by our actual goal scored of 56. In other words, we've scored about 12 to 13 more goals than we probably should have this season, and I'm sure that is related to these wonder goals that I've been talking about in recent episodes. Very quickly, my third key to the match is one that I've talked about quite often, so I won't spend too much time on it. Admittedly, I haven't watched a whole lot of Empoli's matches this season, but I am fully expecting them to sit back in a low block and try to beat us on the counterattack or perhaps from the set piece if they're able to win the odd corner kick or free kick in the attacking half. So many of our opponents have played a low block against us this season that we've actually gotten pretty good at breaking it down. That said, it's probably still the best approach to beat us. Just look at what happened to Eintracht Frankfurt when they tried to press high against us. But like with any opponent, Empoli are not to be taken for granted, and I don't think that we will. We simply have to look at our recent matches against them to confirm that. Believe it or not, Empoli have won three of the last four Serie A meetings between these two clubs. In 2018-19, Piotr Zielinski was unlucky to deflect the ball into his own goal before scoring a screamer from outside the area. Giovanni Di Lorenzo, of all people, scored the winner for Empoli in that one. And then, of course, we lost both matches to Empoli last season. We were incredibly unlucky, I would say, in the Girona andata. Almas hit the bar, Petania hit the upright, Vicario stood on his head, and Patrick Cutrone scored that ridiculous goal where Anguissa's clearance from the corner kick bounced off the back of Cutrone's head and somehow ended up in the back of our goal. The second meeting was the heartbreaker, which Spalletti said in his Conferenza Stampa cost us an entire year of work. Dries Mertens and Lorenzo Insigne gave us a two-goal lead. We probably should have scored a third, and then everything fell apart after that. Liam Henderson pulled one back in the second half. I have him starting for Ampoli, so keep an eye out for him. 
Andrea Pinamonti tied the match by blocking Alex Merez's very casual clearance before Pinamonti scored his second to win the match. Thankfully, Pinamonti is no longer with Ampoli. He returned to Inter at the end of his loan spell, and then he has since been loaned to Sassuolo with obligation to buy. For that matter, Nadim Bayrami is also no longer with Empoli. He reunited with Pinamonti at Sassuolo via a January loan, which is why we have Baldanzi playing as the Trequartista. In fact, I think Baldanzi is the reason why Bayrami was loaned out, because this 19-year-old has a ton of potential, and Empoli want him to realize that. For my prediction, I am going to go with a 2-0 Napoli victory, I'm going to stick with my guns with my predicted starting 11 and give the goals to Giovanni Simeone and Elif Elmas. But if Victor starts, then I definitely expect him to score at least one goal. That said, I am not expecting a blowout here. Because of the quality of Vicario, Empoli have rarely conceded more than two goals in any match this season. In fact, it's only happened twice this season. Their 3-1 loss to Milan and their 4-0 loss to Juventus. Only one of those matches, the loss to Milan, was at the Carlo Castellani as well, so that will be another challenge for Napoli. This will be our third consecutive match away from the Maradona. We travel to Emilia-Romagna for the Sassuolo match before returning to Napoli. Then we travel to Germany for the Champions League match against Eintracht Frankfurt before returning to Napoli again. And finally, we took the train from Napoli to Toscana for this match, so that is a lot of traveling over a 10-day period. By the way, I don't know if you saw this video, but I thought it was very unusual that we have the team just casually strolling through the train station with a very busy public all over the place to get onto their train. Granted, they had a police escort, but I just thought that was a little bit odd. But that could also be a reason for more rotation. As Spalletti said, traveling is also tiring for everyone. That said, this team is so locked in right now, they're so focused, everyone is focused on winning, and importantly, they're focused on winning one match at a time, they're putting one foot in front of the other, the team morale and togetherness is very high, and even if we rotate, the non-regular starters are so eager to make their contribution that I would still expect us to win this match. I know we didn't get the result we wanted in the Cremonese match, but we rotated the entire squad for that one. I don't consider Mario Rui or Matteo Politano to be substitute players, so even if we fielded my predicted starting 11, we'd only have two non-regular starters on the field in Elmas and Simeone. Okay, that is where I will leave it. I hope you enjoy the match. Hopefully you were able to catch this preview before the match. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get it out as soon as I would have liked to. If you're listening after the match, feel free to reach out to me to let me know how I did. Perhaps you can tell me how foolish I was to think that neither Cavada nor Osiman would start the match. If you want to do that, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5. And you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod. I will be back next week to review this match and to preview our next one, which is a big one against Lazio. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre!
Digital Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.